Today on the Entrepreneurship DU podcast. They very much encourage curiosity and I think has really made it such a hub for these unicorns. Three students reflect on an unforgettable trip to one of the world's largest entrepreneurial ecosystems. They really see each other all as equals and aren't afraid to challenge each other's thoughts. And we actually got to see that in each business that we got to visit. In December 2022, entrepreneurship at DU students traveled to Israel for a week of academic and cultural immersion. After 10 weeks in a DU classroom, students took what they learned and saw the sights of Israel. From Jerusalem's old city to Yemin Ord, a youth village that shelters refugee and at-risk Israeli children. It was a unique opportunity to learn real-world entrepreneurship, sitting in on academic seminars and visiting several businesses that made their start in Israel. Though it's smaller than New Jersey, Israel is a big deal in the startup community. It is home to 92 unicorns, which are startups that have reached a valuation of $1 billion. Today, we're chatting with Amani, Jackson, and Hudson, three students who all took part in DU's Israel Interterm course. I'm Kevin Douglas, and this is the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. I want to thank our three guests who are with us today, three DU students who all took part in our Israel interterm course. Uh, we have with us Amani Lige, who is a marketing major and leadership and entrepreneurship minor. We have Jackson Donahue, communications major, entrepreneurship minor, and Hudson Fetzer, who's a marketing major and entrepreneurship minor. And all three of our guests today are expected to graduate this year, 2023. So congratulations on the upcoming graduation. Thanks. Yeah, hopefully we make it. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Um, Great. Well, I just want to go around and um, hear from each of you. When you first heard about the interterm course, what made you think uh, this is something I want to take part in? Why, Why do you want to experience Israel? Had you been there before? Was it more the entrepreneurship aspect? Did you want to immerse yourself in a new entrepreneurial climate? And Amani, why don't you kick us off? I actually kind of like was in between this one as well as the Ireland one that's offered for leadership. And for me, I just never really had the opportunity to actually do like a full study abroad. It just wasn't really in my college plans. And so to kind of like take advantage of the interterm, which is like a really short one, was something that I really liked to like experience. And then honestly, comparative to Ireland, I think Israel seemed like a better option, honestly. Um, And since I very much wanted to kind of really see a different part of the world, not something I usually hear about, I think Israel was just like the ideal choice. It wasn't really about like specifically um, Israel being it. It was just that it just was like time and place. What about you, Jackson? Yeah, um, I had a similar reason. I also transferred to Denver University from a small school in upstate New York, and that made my time a little more limited here. Um, And with COVID, I wasn't able to do abroad. And as soon as I saw entrepreneurship as a minor, uh, I started taking classes for it. And so this course kind of just fit perfectly into my minor and allowed me to get a taste of abroad. 
and Israel was an awesome experience. Yeah, kind of similar to what Jackson just said. I uh, also transferred schools, and because of that, basically they told me the same thing. I wasn't going to be able to go abroad. So when the opportunity came about where they're like, yeah, this is good for anybody, and my advisor kind of checked it off, I was like, let's go. I was just happy to go anywhere, and it just happened to be that Israel was just extremely fascinating, and I think we're all very fortunate for the experience that we had. I have to say, like, each city that we went to, we were all kind of like, can we spend a little more time? And each each one of the companies as well, because we were basically doing the trip over six days with the program, some of us stayed later and so forth, but everything had to be like, boom, 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 boom. And because of that, it was just like, we just wish we all had more time, I think. I think that was like the takeaway at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, anytime I go to a, a new city or new country, it's just never enough time. You know, I wish I could spend one year in every place I've gone. Do you think the fact this was framed in a an academic course, did that change the, the way you would have treated it compared to like a vacation with a family? Do you think that actually made it more fun because you were surrounded by other students who had similar interests? And how do you guys play off each other in that way? Yeah, um, I think that it definitely was more successful trip because of the academic uh, process that we had, but it wasn't overly academic and they still allowed us to kind of do some exploring on our own um but compared to a vacation I think in a vacation you wouldn't get to see as much uh potentially learn as much about the city uh you wouldn't be able to visit the companies that we got to go visit so in an academic setting I think that it was it was important that we had uh not only to visit the companies, but we had a few assignments during it and just reflecting at the end of the day, which isn't something I would often do on vacation, uh, even if I was traveling to another country, which made me respect reflecting on the end of the day a whole lot more just to go over what you actually did during that day and uh, reflect on some of the companies that we visited, which were crazy entrepreneurial companies inventing some crazy new inventions. So... Uh, I en- I enjoyed the academic part and made some really close friends there as well, um, which I I didn't know any of these kids going into the trip. Like, I hardly knew some of their names. <laughs> yeah. Um, and mind you, hold on, we all <laughs> spent a quarter together in the classroom for yeah. Jackson yeah. not to know everybody's names. It's a little bit concerning. Um, just Maybe a bit of an outlier. Yeah. I didn't know his name, but that's because he decided not to mm-hmm. say anything. I, yeah, I, okay. I was a little quiet in the back, but yeah, uh, okay. yeah the, no, the trip uh, let me open up a little bit more, and I became super close with all the kids on the trip, and uh, I'm thankful that it was an academic setting as well as a time to adventure on our own. Yeah. Yeah, kind of just to, like, tack on to that. Mind you, we spent the whole quarter learning about Israel and kind of really gaining a pretty good understanding. For the people who went on the trip, we ended up reading another book of Let There Be Water, and that just provided a little bit more insight, not only to kind of what they've done in that industry, but also just the culture of the country. Um, and I think that was kind of really important because it let us go to that country with a kind of a base knowledge to ask certain questions and to kind of follow certain leads of what we were being taught while we were there. And also it made it feel less like educational when we were there and more like, hey, we're here for like, taking in and asking questions and kind of practicing some of the cultural values that they have over there. Yeah, I fully, like, agree with both of the statements. Uh, as someone who's like, doesn't really go on vacation, it's my first time out of the country, like, I get a passport to even do this whole trip. I found that, like, 
being able to learn about Israel and its place in the world was like super monumental, like important to like kind of understand what was happening and having more context, even what our tour guy was saying. Cause like he, he was saying that he does tour guides for like a lot of different people, a lot of different like NBA programs. And he actually said, even we were like really well versed in what was happening and what was, what we were like looking at and going into because of all the preparation that was. So it was actually made a lot of the knowledge that we gained a lot more enjoyable and more um, just like foundational to like what we were actually going to be coming back with. Yeah. I, I guess compared to someone just going there for the beaches, you got to enjoy the beautiful beaches, but also really enrich your understanding of the country and, and um, its role in the world, especially in the world of entrepreneurship. What were you going to yeah. say, Hudson? Yeah, no, I don't want to like, anyone to like misunderstand we had a ton of fun it was yes. basically every night yeah. we were out like playing beach volleyball to like two in the morning I so have the pictures yeah like it was just really fun and yes there's professors on the trip and so forth but at the end we're all sitting around the table and it's like you're calling them by their first names it's super casual laid back i mean just a fun time so as jackson was kind of pointing on the people that you meet on this trip and i think a lot of people say this about all their abroad experiences um, it's really impactful, but it speaks even more to it just because of how quickly everything takes place and just how quickly those relationships can grow. Definitely. Yeah. It was, what, seven days? It was a week in Israel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, sharing hotel. Were you guys sharing rooms yeah, with other we were students, li- too? Yeah, we were living together. So, so. Some people were. Some sharing rooms. Most of yeah. us. Getting lost in the city together at night. Like, yeah. you can't read you, anything. You You're get just to like, people. all right, let's figure it out. and Real fast that way. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Taking the bus. Oh, the, the bus trips were the best. Yeah, the bus was yeah. awesome. I have to say, so that was um, some of the other things that we noticed was other students really coming out of their shells. And we cracked a joke at Jackson. But there's other kids that, like genuinely um, went from giving presentations where you notice like shaking fear to cracking jokes on the trip and being comfortable with us. And when you look back at it, that's what was most meaningful. Like those were the moments that you're going to remember and the bus rides and everyone's kind of a little bit dazed at night and, or whatever it might be. And then the early mornings when everyone's stumbling down at seven in the morning, ready <laughs> to go. And after Most not pe- getting any sleep. Not right? getting any yep. sleep. Maybe you went to bed at like three or four. I definitely went to bed earlier than that because I'm kind of lame sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Any uh, funny stories that really stand out? I, I heard mumblings of someone like getting lost on the bus or, or getting left behind on the bus. Or Did I imagine that? Didn't we? We did take off without somebody. That did happen. <laughs> that did. was me. No, oh, you no. guys left me on the bus, remember? Oh, yeah, we did. We just oh, left no. you there. You were like, where's Imani? And she was asleep on the bus still. Yeah, so what happened is it was, I think it was like the third to last day, second to last day, and we went somewhere and we had food and, you know, like you get sleepy after you eat. And we went to college and rather than sitting in the normal spot that I was, which was around a lot of people, I was like, okay, I'm going to lay down for a little bit. It'll be fine. Like They won't forget me. <laughs> like I was just like, it'll be fine. Like And I fell asleep. And I wake up and I like look at our bus driver and he's like driving away from like the college that we were like gonna like talk with people at. And I like stand there and I'm just like, no one's on the bus and he's driving away. So like I had to like, he called our tour guide and then I was calling Professor Sebesta and we were just like trying to figure out what was happening. And then I had to wait at the gate and that was like really weird because they just would not let me in. They did not understand anything I was saying. And I just was like having to wait for our tour guide to come and explain why I was there because they were like, 
they were super heavy on like security and safety and so like i'm just standing there like petrified trying not to seem inconspicuous just waiting for like our tour guide to come get me so that i can like go to the presentation that sounds so stressful. <laughs> yeah, and no one realized it till we were in the classroom, like about to start the presentation, and then people started getting phone calls, and we're like, "Wait, wait, <laughs> Some, wait someone's we're, missing. We're a little short here." Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you found your way back. I oh got big, especially with the language barrier. It sounds like that was an issue too. Definitely. It's just, oh, it's so difficult. I have to say though, most of that country speaks better English than people do here. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, it's mm. it's pretty impressive, and I think if you can pick up a few of the words and kind of really if you just approach any yeah, Sababa, <laughs> uh, really just approach anybody in a friendly way that can kind of take you pretty far, and that's definitely like what you see in yeah. Israel. Uh, any phrases you guys picked up in Hebrew that that stuck with you, or maybe funny insults or something? Uh, Sababa. Sababa. Yep. What is that? It's cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to swear or something. Oh, no, <laughs> no. I actually, just... I actually have a shirt that says it on it, but like in Hebrew, and it's like my workout shirt. It's a wonderful shirt to wear, right. like just out. I mean, it's a cooler word than cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 So and yalla means mm. let's go. Yeah, yalla means let's go. I think it means something else in Arabic as well. But I don't remember. <laughs> I think I think that's what we were told. Um, also, oh, there's another song that's like something Tel Aviv that, side note, two of my roommates are also on this trip with us um, mm-hmm. and in the class and so forth. So we have another friend who is Jewish and has family that lives in Israel. And so he sent us this song, which is just like chanting Tel Aviv and very celebrative. And we all start singing it on the bus and having fun. And at the end, our tour guide's like, that's funny that you know that song. Like, it's all about gay pride, like, in Israel and so <laughs> forth. And we learned a lot while we were there, just, but also kind of were yeah. um, ignorant to other things as well, right. so to speak. Yeah, they'll definitely, I guess, put you in your place. It sounds like they were pretty just blunt or straightforward with you. Yeah. 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 Oh, the bus I, ride. Yeah. Is that what you're no, about? I was thinking about the coin. My, my oh, lucky coin. Oh, yeah. Wait, you have to hear this story. <laughs> with the coin. Yeah. Uh, I, I was very ignorant when I, when I landed, uh, and I was coming off of, I don't know, like a 24-hour travel day, which wow. that was a lot, and the time there was around 7 p.m., but we're nine hours earlier, um, so it, I, I was just all messed up. Uh, my taxi driver was a super nice guy, and he suggested that we go get some like memorabilia. And right there, I should have known that that was a little, a little bit suspicious. And so he took me to the shop um, because I told him how we were in part of an entrepreneurship. He's like, oh, my friend's an entrepreneur. He owns this memorabilia shop. It's amazing. Uh, we went to the shop and I spent like 30 minutes talking to the owner about how he built his shop up, how he has multiple stores. He, we drank some tea together. He was super nice. Then I started trying on some things like a little necklace with a coin. The coin was an ancient Greek coin, so uh, it was it was pretty expensive. It and was an ancient Greek coin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was an Greek. ancient yeah, it was an ancient Greek coin. Um, okay. okay. And it it was all verified by the museum, apparently. <laughs> that's what he told you. Yeah, that's what he told yeah. you. And they gave me a slip. I I ended up purchasing the item. Uh Kind of on accident because I, I I had it on. They were like, what type of card do you have? And I pull out my card. He just oh, takes no. it. And he's like, all right, let's run it. So And then I thought it was in shekels. And it ended up being in American dollars. 
Uh, anyways, I, I I bought a coin for a thousand U.S. dollars. Oh, I had to no. go back to the store without any service and return it, and I ended up buying it for cheaper than that, like half the price or something. Okay. Um, and thought it was in shekels, so I got scammed in the first like <laughs> hour of being there. It ended up being a funny story to tell in the yeah. end, and I still have this really cool coin. Um, well, there you go. I had a praise jet by Alex's dad's friend or whoever no, it was. No, they, they, they need to fax it to him. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm glad it wound up being, or hopefully it still will wind up being an authentic coin. Yeah, it, that, I think it is authentic and, yeah. and worth somewhere around the price that I bought it for. I'm hoping for maybe a little bit more. <laughs> he sold it to me as an investment. He's like, this thing only goes up, not like crypto. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, no, don't feel bad about, you know, I won't go into the full story, but uh, when I was in Greece, I got scammed by someone who claimed to be a small business owner who took me into a bar that was surprisingly fancy compared to the rest of the things on the street. And uh, the bartender poured me and herself little champagne glasses, which wound up being about $200 uh. each for one glass of champagne. Oh. And, um, yeah, so don't feel bad. Is that because of the quality of the champagne, or is that because of just the strength I of the dollar? I don't think it was actually the quality of the champagne at all. Or you just I strictly got scammed. They just, just yeah. like, they fully, because then they smiled at me mm-hmm. and showed me the menu and said, Guess how much you just paid for these? And I said, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like they got a kick out oh, of it. No. They were like smiling about it. I call it, a, I call it a learning experience. <laughs> it's learning all experience. learning. That's what being an entrepreneur is. You don't yeah, fail. Exactly. You have learning experiences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just keep moving forward. Exactly. Um, well, that that's actually a good segue into, um, you know, the educational side of this, and especially the entrepreneurial side of this. You're all entrepreneurship minors. And I'm sure you all, going into this trip, had a certain view of, of what entrepreneurship means to you. Um, we always introduce our guests as uh, you know, creators, creatives, innovators, and problem solvers. So, you know, whichever of those you feel most applies to yourself. Do you believe this trip to Israel, the things you learned about the culture there, the, um, you know, all the unicorns that, are, that have come out of Israel, the companies you got to tour compared to the... Um, maybe the culture of U.S. startups. Has your view of entrepreneurship expanded? Has it changed since the trip? Definitely. Yeah, like, I think for me as someone who, like, looks at entrepreneurship in a very critical lens, especially within, like, the whole of society, the way that Israel not only that their companies have done it, but their government has assisted in that, I think has been one of the biggest things that I would like to see replicated in America because the way that Israel has gone about insisting that people be creative, that people think outside the box, that people, you know, try to problem solve in places that they wouldn't usually do it in, I think has really made it be such a hub for these unicorns because they're allowed to fail multiple times. They're allowed to try things. The country is based off of a very entrepreneurial, like, spirit being it having to like come from a space that did not want them there and just being able to have water that's in excess that they can sell to their neighbors to being having like one of the most expensive cities in the world where like 60 70 80 years ago nothing was there so i think in general like the government and what they do there has really shifted um and kind of like made us like almost reflect on what america doesn't do for their entrepreneurs and what can be done to like further um, entrepreneurship in America. 
Yeah. Um, I think it was also interesting because one of the things that we did get to ask towards the end as we started to some of these, started talking to some of these entrepreneurs um, in our last day there, I was able to ask a question. I was like, well, what's some of the downsides to running a business in Israel and so forth? And while they've done a really good job at the country growing and expanding and being able to create unbelievable infrastructure and to come up with these, these solutions and kind of can talk on that more in a second. Um, they do talk about how government does get in the way and how like there's certain aspects of when you go to different places that there's advantages and disadvantages. And I think one of the biggest advantages for Israel, and this is something we read about with let there be water. It was, all right, these are our circumstances and so forth. If we were to come up with a solution, what would it be? And then from that, they're just like, okay, now let's do it. They didn't take it as like, no, this is impossible. No, this isn't going to work. It's like, we don't know how it's going to work. We don't know what we're going to do to make it work. But if we were going to do it, this is how we would do it. So let's just give it a shot. And I think that's a really important uh, kind of thing for entrepreneurs to hear and to kind of also embody because I think you talked about like being creative or a problem solver. I think it's all of those things kind of in one. Like you have to kind of face a problem, but then also look at it in a creative way that someone hasn't looked at it yet. And that's kind of why we see, I think Israel have so much innovation is because they have a lot of problems that they need to deal with, but they're just like, well, this is it. Let's, let's make it work. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I have to add, I agree with what both of them said, but the only other thing I have to add is we talked a whole lot about chutzpah before going there yeah. and actually going to visit the companies and see who are in leadership positions. Like it was a lot of female leadership positions, which was awesome to see. Um, and I think that because of the requirement to serve in the military, they really see each other all as equals and aren't afraid to challenge each other's thoughts. And we actually got to see that in each business that we got to visit. Um, and that was something that's very different from the U.S. and how businesses work here, where it's a very hierarchy, very much a hierarchy, um, where you can't talk to like the boss if you're an intern or something. And in Israel, they're completely fine with you speaking up and speaking out against it as long as you're learning from your experiences, which that was so awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the concept of managing upwards, I guess, it's like still very stigmatized here in the U.S. It sounds like it's very much encouraged. And in a startup, an entrepreneurial environment, it's extra important because your boss is also figuring it out as you're going along. Essentially, they're still building the plane as it's as it's flying. It's still getting established. So right. yeah. it's, it's great that that's such a precedent there. Mm-hmm. I would kind of say to Jackson's point, uh, two of the other students that were on the trip were actually working on a startup right now. And through Stratasys, the 3D printing company, the person we met there was David Rice. Or mm-hmm. Rice, I believe. Rice. Rice. And um, we met him there, and he's the founder of one of the original merging companies, as well as the former sitting CEO and now chairman. And we were on a tour with him, tacking, talking to him casually. And at the end, he said, hey, like, this is what we're working on. Is there any resources that you may have? And I shot him an email just a few days ago just to catch back up. And now it's full swing working with each other again. And we're just like, we're just three students that kind of have this idea from you and he's full swing like yeah we're gonna make this work for you like let's see what we can do so it's just a really cool kind of aspect that jackson brought up that i think i'm definitely grateful for no i actually alongside that we actually toured at this um 
hub that like is getting together desert tech and i like even very similar like we just were having a conversation they did their little intro and at the end i kind of like made like a half trip i was like oh i really wish you guys had an internship available and they were like well let me send you an email and so like i'm talking to them about getting meeting up with them and seeing like what possibilities are there for me to like go back and like look into their things because they very much encourage curiosity and they very much encourage you know being able to like figure things out and get new opinions and like see what else is out there and I think that is like another big thing that Israel like has that America is trying to gain really is just being able to be curious and be okay with that failure if you don't get it right the first time yeah they love diverse perspectives and encourage them you already kind of touched on this but the entire experience if you could just consolidate it into a piece of advice that one of these uh, founders or CEOs gave co- touring the companies or a piece of wisdom from one of your tour guides uh, or even maybe a learning experience like you had at the, at the coin shop. Um, but uh, what is one piece of knowledge or wisdom you will take with you into your next entrepreneurial venture? I definitely would take just trying. I think I've always been one of the people who, like, if I know I can do it, I'll do it. But if I'm not really sure, I'll be super hesitant on it. And um, ever since I got back, I've been making a lot of moves um, just personally as, like, a professional, trying like, about to graduate, being a student. So really being able to just kind of, like, go get it and just do it. And if you fail, you fail, and it's going to suck and you know you might be told no you might be told maybe later but it's really about just keep trying and keep trying and i think that's something i really took from israel was that like they just not stop they're just like keep going keep going try again do something different try again and i think that's really helped especially going into this new quarter and having that mindset when like you're so close to the finish line but just so far yeah kind of going off of that um i think almost every business that we visited we're very impressed by how young our age group was there and they're like you're at an age in your life where like you can go out and do whatever you want like go lose all your money starting a business <laughs> at least you're gonna learn from it and then you'll regroup afterwards because we're still young um and i think my biggest takeaway from that was similar just go out and do what you want to do whatever you love whatever you're passionate about and uh go try it or if that's traveling, or if that's starting a business like Hudson's doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my main takeaway, to go get it. Yeah, I think all in all, that was one of the biggest takeaways, especially the failure side of it. I know that's kind of been a repetitive message here, but um, it's really something that I think is important. And this wasn't somebody that we met on the trip, but a family friend actually that I was connected to kind of said two things that stuck with me when we left. And one of them was, um, as now I'm drawing a blank. One of them was just about kind of the people that you surround yourself with. And he's talking about business partners and friends. And he said, if you shook me upside down, the most valuable thing that fall in my pockets would be my friendships. And I think that was really important coming from somebody who's done really well for themselves because it shows you if you really want to go far in this world and you want to make an impact that affects not only you but society for the better, you can't really do it alone. And you got to surround yourself with really good people. And I think that we all kind of got a sense of that when we were on that trip, which was really um, important. Kind of going back to our whole thing on failures and 
I don't know if I believe this is true or not, but you said there's a certain set number of failures that you're going to face in your life. But eventually, if you keep swinging, you're going to hit the ball. And it's the people who are willing to just keep doing that and not going about things in the same way as they did when they failed, but making tweaks and adjustments and just persevering. And I think that was really one of the biggest messages that we got. And I think if we took away anything, it was just kind of Jackson's point is we're young and out there. It's you go do your military time and then you go to college. And then you start your career. So we were speaking to other college students who were 27, 25 years old in their second or even just like first year. So it was really interesting in that sense as well. Finally, we have some um, just rapid questions we ask all our guests at the end of the episodes. First question is, how do you define success? Happiness, health, and the people that you surround yourself with each day. And being able to put your head down at the end of the day, knowing that you did an honest day's worth of work. I'd say setting goals and doing your best to achieve those goals every day. And, yeah, finding happiness and making other people around you happy as well. Accepting the past, being content with the present, and looking forward to tomorrow. That's beautiful. Nice. Well said. Um other question is, uh, what is the best or worst piece of advice you've ever received? Always go for what you want, even if it's the moon, just do it. That's a good one. Ah, uh, say the best advice was probably just my parents telling me to be around people that you enjoy. Yeah, I think the one that sticks with me the most is also parents, specifically my dad. And it's uh, the only job you start on top is digging a hole. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Man, I feel like I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> um, and then just really quick, what were each of your favorite destinations you got to see in, in Israel? I I would say favorite experience for me was the Dead Sea. Um, but all in all, I think what's most fascinating about Israel is traveling from somewhere like Jerusalem through to Tel Aviv and then up to Haifa and Caesarea, where you go from some of the most historical, well, the most historical places really in the world, especially when it comes to religion, and then going to somewhere where it's like, if you were put on the boardwalk, you're like, this is Southern California. Like, we're, <laughs> on, we're on Huntington Beach. Like, this yeah, is cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you go even further north, and it's like crusades. shipping ports and just like, yeah, shipping ports and everything, and then you're just in the crusades, like the crusader city, and you're just like, what the f- is going on? It's yeah. wild, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd say tagging along on that, uh, we started in Jerusalem and toured there very quickly, but saw an amazing amount of things. And, like, the Byzantine empires, the streets where they did trading on, we got to see that street. And uh, one thing I just appreciated there was their history is, like, 6,000 years old, and our country's history is, like, what, 400 years old? Yeah, and barely, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, barely. a baby compared to... Uh, Jerusalem so that was incredible and then like Hudson said going from there to just some of these super high-tech companies as well as like one of the most expensive and wealthiest cities in the world um, that really did look like California when you're on the beach yeah uh, it was it was amazing and that was my favorite part 
I think mine actually was the village we toured, which was Yem Ord, and it was right next to the city of Haifa, which also was where we saw the gardens. And for some reason, like, I'm one of those kind of people who's like, I'm not a big city person, but I'm not countryside either. And that mixture just was really nice, and I just felt really at peace there. Well, it sounds like a really memorable experience. I'm glad you all got to do it. And uh, would you go again? Yes. Absolutely. In a heartbeat, yeah. All right. I want to thank all of you, Imani, Jackson, Hudson. Thank you so much for coming to the studio and for uh, being part of Entrepreneurship at DU. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Yeah, of course. The Entrepreneurship at DU podcast was recorded in Marjorie Reed Hall on the University of Denver campus. You can find us on Instagram at DU Entrepreneur, on Twitter at DU underscore Entrepreneur, and on Facebook at Entrepreneurship at DU. Entrepreneurship at DU is part of the Daniels College of Business, which has its own podcast, by the way. Check out Voices of Experience, available wherever you get your podcasts.